thanks to COVID-19, the prevalence of online meetings has dramatically increased. But unfortunately, these are often unsuccessful. In this episode, we'll explore one simple technique to make online meetings more successful, which is strangely connected to people pulling on a rope. One aspect that is often overlooked with online meetings is the role that each attendee plays in ensuring the meeting's success. Over a hundred years ago, Max Ringelmann, a French architectural engineer, made an important discovery. In 1913, he described an effect that helps explain why online meetings today are so often unsuccessful. That's right, Denise. And Ringelmann asked a team of people to pull on a rope. He then asked each individual to pull on the same rope. What he noticed was that when people worked as individuals, they actually put more effort into pulling than when they worked as a team. This is now referred to as the Ringelmann effect. It turns out that the bigger the group, the less responsibility each individual feels to ensure success. If a person doesn't feel critical to the success of a mission, it's easy to tune out and put in less effort because they feel that, well, no one will notice anyway. That's so frightening, John. Um, and unfortunately, in online meetings and good old fashioned teleconferences, the Ringelman effect is magnified. When you're not actually in the room to help pull on the rope for a meeting, you might feel less engaged and less motivated to listen and participate. The less you feel needed, the more distracted you become, and then the less you contribute to the meeting. And the less you give, the less fulfilling the experience seems to be when it is finished. Um, so, John, how can we minimise the Ringelman effect and make our online meetings more productive? Well, Denise, in a recent Harvard Business Review article, Sarah Gershman suggests that it's not through greater participation, but through more thoughtful and targeted listening. She says that in a virtual context, listening needs to be active, participatory and helpful. Sarah proposes five strategies to help us listen more effectively in our next online meeting. So Denise, why don't you lead off with the first one? Firstly, John, we need to define our value beforehand. Take the time before the meeting starts to clarify the purpose of the meeting and what we might add and also get from it. What is the most useful information we have? What do we want to, co to contribute? Uh, determining this beforehand will help us listen more carefully to the content, sifting out what's important for us. Thanks, Denise. And the second one is that we need to acknowledge previous statements. Sometimes people jump in too quickly to make their point without first listening or acknowledging what has already been said. As a result, other people may repeat their earlier points as they aren't feeling that they've been heard or understood. This is often magnified in a virtual meeting where people easily talk over each other. Active listening can help overcome this. Before we raise a new point, it's good to reiterate what we've already heard and how our idea then adds to it. This not only helps the conversation, but it makes it more likely that others will hear what we have to say. As Sarah says, people are more likely to listen if they first feel heard. 
Thanks, John. Um, so now we're up to the third one. Um, we need to connect the dots. Often leading an online meeting is challenging. Participants provide diverse, sometimes unrelated comments, and it's tough for the facilitator to keep the conversation running smoothly. Again, our ability to listen will help. We need to listen carefully to participants' contributions and see how we can reflect on what we've heard to help the conversation move forward. Sarah gives this example. Let's say that during an online meeting, we notice that several participants mention that a client is frustrated. We might then say, I've heard several people say that the client seems frustrated. I wonder if anyone has any thoughts on why this frustration is happening right now. Notice that we aren't actually giving any new information, but by listening first and then connecting the dots, we can help the other participants understand the larger dynamic and guide the conversation in a productive direction. It makes sense, doesn't it, John? It does indeed, Denise. Fourthly, we need to bring our attention back. Despite our best efforts to listen, it's natural for our minds to wander during the meeting. It happens to even the best of us. As is done in meditation, try to quietly note the distracting thought and then return our attention to the meeting. It can be helpful to have a notepad next to us and write down some of those wandering thoughts. This is like the rabbit paddock that we sometimes use when facilitating physical meetings. This allows us to put the thought somewhere so that we can return to it after the meeting has ended. I've seen you do that, Denise, except I think you called it the back paddock. Yes, John, that's right. And other times I'll just label it thoughts for later. <laughs> the fifth and final strategy is don't be afraid to ask a question. Sometimes when we get distracted and then return our focus to the meeting, we may find that we're a little lost as perhaps the conversation has moved in a new direction and we miss the transition. Uh, when this happens, we might say, I apologize, but I've lost track of the conversation. Can someone help me understand why we're now focusing on XYZ, please? And John, this is good because it may also help others in the meeting, as it's likely we're not the only ones who are confused. <laughs> How true that is, Denise. We think it's only us, but it turns out that most others were confused as well. So in conclusion, during online meetings, we often feel that we have to fight to be heard, lest our voice gets lost in the noise. It seems counterintuitive, but one of the best ways to be heard is to be a good listener. Thoughtful, active listening can raise our status in the conversation, help us better connect with others, and make it more likely that others will want to listen to us. As Sarah says, active listening is a precious gift that we can give to our colleagues, and it can provide a meaningful connection during a time when people need it most. This is the one simple technique we can use to make our online meetings more successful. Well, you've heard our thoughts. Now we'd like to hear yours. Add a comment below the blog post and tell us about your experiences with using active listening in meetings, including any tips and further ideas about it. We don't want this just to be a one-way conversation, so please join in by sharing your thoughts and ideas with us. If you found this episode useful, then share it with a friend or colleague. 
and remember to subscribe to our newsletter if you'd like to know when new episodes are available. All the best until we meet again.